Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome into another episode of Crown Corner, a player special today. And we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, and the man of the moment with Charlotte FC and Crown Legacy, Patrick Ajiban. Patrick, have you had a minute to take a breath of fresh air? Because it's been a wild week for you. <laughs> yeah, um, finally, like last night I got back. So, or yes, yesterday I got back. So finally could kind of take it in and just debrief the, the whole week. But it's been a special one for sure. Special week indeed. Let's start with that Charlotte FC equalizer, the 3-3 tying goal, a glancing header. What was going through your head in that moment where you kind of got up, headed away and turned around to celebrate at Bank of America Stadium? And um, when I got the ball and I flicked it on, I just looked back and I saw the ball in the net. The stadium erupted. I was just like, wow, like I, I did it, you know, and I helped the team. Um, it was an unbelievable feeling, um, a feeling that you kind of dream, dream of as a kid, just to score in a packed stadium and to celebrate it. And I was so happy to do so. So, yeah, it was, it was great. We heard you say in the press conference that you were looking for another goal. You thought that team had a winner in them. Did you feel like that scoreline flattered Charlotte or was it one of those where you really thought you could have got that uh, winning goal towards the end of the match? Yeah, um, I think we we felt the energy shift and we knew that if we got one, we could get another one. And we know the team is trying to just, you know, get results and, and um, games like that, especially with the energy that's going on. We tie the game. We're like, now nah, we can get another one. And we knew we could get another one, too. Um, but, yeah, I think. It's, it's good that we got the point um, instead of no point. So, I mean, we're, we're still on the right track. So, um, like you said, I think we definitely want another one, though. Speaking of other ones, you had to hop on a plane immediately after that game and head over to play for Crown Legacy. How is that as a player to kind of go out of that bubble of the fact that you've scored your first MLS goal and then head on to a plane to head to an MLS Next Pro game? Yeah, um, it's part of the job, you know, especially as me as a rookie. Um, I want games. I want to play games. I want to get the game um, minutes on my legs and stuff like that. And if there's an opportunity for me to play, I'm going to take it. I, I, I was happy to do so. And, I, of course, it was the day next. But I played 15 minutes in um, the first team game. So might as well get a couple more minutes, you know. And I was happy to do so. I'm happy to get on the score sheet as well. And the first player in MLS history to score in the same weekend in an MLS game and an MLS Next program. Do those accolades mean something special? Is it kind of nice to have that record to your name? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's cool. I didn't know about that um, until after, but it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear that. And I think the main thing is for my family, like my parents, my dad and my mom were just buzzing about, oh, Pat, you hold this. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's just, it's good for them to to see that my, my work is paying off. So I'm more happy for my family just to see that stuff, yeah. And you look at your last three goals, you've got the header, you've got that charging run forward, and then you've got the long shot from distance. As a forward, is it really important to be able to display that versatility in the different goals that you're able to score? Yeah, um, I want to show that my play style is a little different. Um, I don't just want to be like a guy that just stays around in the box and stuff like that. I want to kind of show that I could I could work for my goals. I could do this. I could do that. You know, I want to be a little bit unpredictable in my play style. And I'm um, Hopefully it's, it's kind of showing a little bit, but I know there's more to come in terms of um, me showing what I can really do. And yeah, it's just it's just great to score. You know, as a striker, you want to score goals. You want to get that 
that confidence going and and I'm happy to have it right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Out of those three goals, which one is your favorite and why? <laughs> Oof. Um, it's got to be the bake, I think. It has to be. Um, just everything, I think. Um, main thing is my thing is just trying to score headers and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big guy and I want to use the frame. And I was when the ball came, I was like, Pat, just get a flick on it. Just get a flick on it. And it was, it was, it's one of those things where you dream about it in a sense. Like you're like, ah, imagine scoring in a stadium and celebrating a goal and you get to do it. Like nothing takes that, but a close second is definitely Philly. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll let you off. I, I think yeah. that's obviously <laughs> going to be the best one. And the fact that it was able to get a point for the crown as well yeah. is extremely special. We yeah. know you're making waves at the professional level, but for those that don't know about Patrick Adjaman and how he got here, can yeah. you give us a little story about youth soccer, college, and your journey to be here so far? Yeah, of course. Um, so started from East Hartford, Connecticut. I started um, playing youth league, youth level uh, travel team with my dad. He's my coach, and uh, one of my other coaches' name is Jesus. Um, took me up until about high school with another coach, um, Mike Torres, and we were just – I was just playing, enjoying the game, you know, I was having fun with it. Um, travel and premier level and then I got to high school um, played high school four years I had a interest in um, college from two schools it was St. Joseph's and then Eastern Connecticut State um, with coach Greg DeVito and he I decided to go to Eastern Connecticut it was a division three school I was just happy to play you know I just I was just hoping to get opportunity to go to the next level and in that case was college for me so went to college um, did my thing first two years I played well um, and I can't lie, I have to give credit to, to Eastern. It, it, it built me and molded me into the player I am because I came in as a 17-year-old kid just trying to play and not understanding how serious in terms of mentality and, and um, committing to the program was really needed. And I think DeVito did it to the best, had ups and downs there, but, you know, it worked out. And then COVID hit, and I, I got a good accolades. I scored a couple goals, and... I got interest and then the interest was um, from Rhode Island. So got in a transfer market and then transferred over to Rhode Island and then able to do my thing there at Rhode Island. Got the opportunity to go to the combine um, in December of this past year, 2020, 2022. Yeah, December and then got drafted here. So it was a, it was a up and down, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Do you think your story is really important to kind of shape high schoolers' opinion that they don't have to go D1 right away, that you've been able to show that there's different pathways and everyone's pathway looks a little different? Yeah, 100%. And um, I like that because I remember while I was going through the process, especially I was at Eastern, I searched up, like, has anyone went from Division three to play pro? I promise you. <laughs> so many times I've done that. And um, it's 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 a it's a – I'm just happy to do so because I wanted to at least be able to make history in that in that aspect and show the young years, especially that like it doesn't matter where you start. It only matters like where you end up and where you where you finish and all the division one and all these things is just names. It's just big names and it's more opportunities, of course, 100 percent. And I'm not going to doubt it. Division one is like gives you the best opportunities in college, 100 percent. But it's up to you. And it's up to what you really want to do. And and I'm happy to be able to show, like, what I was able to do. So, Did you have any idea you were going to be drafted by Charlotte? Or was it kind of crazy on your drafting night? What's the story? <laughs> yeah, um, I had great talks with Charlotte when I was there. Um, man, it was like 
just talking to friends. And I remember right after I got back to my hotel room and I was like, I really hope they pick me. <laughs> like I said it right away, but um, with me, sometimes I doubt a lot. I, I, I'm not hundred percent certain that they're going to pick me up. So I was just like, I hope they pick me, but I won't really say too much. It just hopefully it happens. And um, when I saw like the, the, the trade for mm-hmm. the trade up, I was, I didn't know what was going on, heard my name and I was buzzing, buzzing. So, Is yeah. it an even bigger compliment that they traded, that they made that switch to know that they needed you in that first round? Yeah, it's a, it's a great compliment. It shows that they really like they really like me and and committed to to what I can do. And I'm just hoping that I could just repay them back. And that's why I want to work so hard, just to let them know that it was it was worthwhile. Like it was worth the, what they did. And I'm definitely happy. You've talked really humbly in the media about the fact that you weren't quite ready for MLS action straight out of college. What do you think the biggest jumps were now that you have played in MLS action between the college game and MLS? Um, it's just the the little details, the the definition of every little play and everything. Like I think before when I got here, you'd watch games and you would think like, oh, why he passed it there and why stuff. But it's, everything is like set up for the next play. And I didn't realize that until I, before I got here, and I was like, wow, this is this is next level. And I realized that the little things I, I was lacking, I was hundred percent lacking, and that's just me being truthful. But I knew I could get there, and I knew I will get there at some point. So. I was so happy just to have this opportunity to play with Crown Legacy and, and get those games, especially because it's it's a jump from um, college, in my opinion, you know. And I was happy to get those games. And so then as time, I trained with the first team, trained with the first team. Like, I feel more comfortable in, in the little things. And I think, obviously, I have a lot more, more work to do, of course, but I feel better and I feel um, like I'm getting there. And it's t- it took this time, but, you know, everything takes time. Did seeing Brandon Cambridge and the effort he had against Chicago with the two goals help motivate you further and kind of show, look, Brandon's played with us in Crown Legacy. He's making the jump. Was that a reassuring moment for you? Yeah, of course. Of course. I can't lie. When I seen those two goals, I I was like, wow, like that's my guy really did that, you know, and I was buzzing for him because I see the work he puts in too. Like we were, we were, we were together through preseason and everything and, it wasn't the easiest, you know, and for him to to get those two um, goals and just to see him like celebrate the goals and win the game for us, like, like wow, he was with us in Crown Legacy, you know. And for me, it was like, all right, I see my my like my bro doing it, like I could do it too, and I just need to work even harder to get the chance to do so, you know. And it was a motivation to think for me, and I think a lot of people as well, all across the the country, you know. But um, yeah, it was it was great to see that, and I was happy to just contribute as well. Did Brandon offer you any advice before you made your first team debut? <laughs> uh, he told me just to, you know, like we talk about all the time, especially because he made his debut before me. And like when I was getting ready to make my debut, he just told me like, bro, just play your game. Do what you do, what you know to do. And a lot of the guys tell me that as well. And that's why I like this team a lot, because it's all encouraging from the top to the bottom. Everyone is just, hey, just play your game. Do what you know to do. Play how you know to play and just enjoy it. Have fun. And if you have a team like that, man, I promise you anything's possible. So speaking of that encouragement, and I know it was a difficult uh, experience, your first start in terms of the 45 yeah. minutes. Ashley Westwood comes out. He apologizes vocally with the media to you individually saying you didn't get the debut you deserved. When your captain for the first team is coming out and kind of putting his neck on the line and fighting for you, how does that make you feel as a player? I think it like speaks. it speaks for itself, you know, like, I, I didn't tell him to say that 
Um, I, w- I didn't even think he would say something like that, you know? I was just in my head. I was like, all right, Pat, like, it wasn't the best game from you. Just head on and look, look, let's, let's look forward for the next. And for him to come out to say that, it, to go out his way, it's like it shows the leadership and the brotherhood we have. Like, he didn't have to say that. And I'm just, like I say, always shout him out. Like, shout out to Ashley because, like, that's the captain we need. And that's captain moving forward that's going to push this team to the next level because you have that positivity and that that commitment to it. Because there's days where I mess up in training and he'll be on me about it. And that's the captain you need. It's a balance, you know? Like, I know I need to be focused on this, but when he goes out to say that, you know, he has my back and he knows that, like, he wanted it to be a better day, but he knows that I could do it and I could help the team. So I, I shout him out always for that. You've shown a lot of mental resilience, a lot of humility, and I think you are showing a lot of maturity as well with the way that you talk to the media, the presence you bring yourself. Who or what do you kind of ground yourself in to stay humble with the way that you've progressed in your career so quickly? Yeah, it has to be my my family, 100%. Um, I see, especially with my parents, they they work a lot. And even close relatives around me, like my cousins, my uncles, my aunts, they work a lot and they do a lot and they've made a lot of sacrifices for me to be in this position by a lot. And I, I always tell them I can't repay them. I can never repay them for the efforts they put, the sacrifice they put for me to be in this position. But um, I'm always going to I'm always going to be like this. And it's just because of where how I grew up, you know, and it hasn't been the easiest. I think I'm one of like probably like one of the first people from where I'm from to to make it this far. And you know, I always had dreams, but I never knew how to do it. And they sacrificed so much for me, so much for me. And I, I can't repay them now, but hopefully at some point I will be able to. And yeah, I think they ground me. They they molded me into the person I am. My brothers too. Like it's just the, the core people around me. They they shape me how I am. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we know they're very proud of you, as you said in their reaction. Speaking of humility, always good to stay grounded. What do you need to work on to become a better player? Yeah, um, I need to definitely need to um, work on my intensity in game. Um, first touch, all these little things. As a striker, you want to be able to hold the ball. I need to be able to hold the ball more. Um, I lose the ball a little bit. I think I lose the ball a little bit too much, um, especially for my size. But I think that also comes with um, time and experience, you know. So um, definitely just sticking, focused, intensity, holding the ball, and just helping the team um, move forward 100%. And I think that will come for sure. And you get to brag on yourself a little bit now. What are your strengths as a player? <laughs> um, yeah, I like I like to I like to get in behind. I think um, a ball in behind. I'm running and dribbling with the ball in behind. I think I'm good at that and finishing as well. I, I love scoring goals. You know, getting a chance to shoot and score. I love doing it. And I think um, those also need work. But I think um, I back myself on that. We also know that you're extremely fast. The sporting department talked about you winning the combine. Another uh, player that is very fast on the Charlotte FC roster is McKenzie Gaines. Would you beat McKenzie Gaines in a dash? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. McKenzie is so rapid. He is very fast. Um, maybe one day we could race, but I don't know if my hamstrings will stick with his, you know, he. He's a, he's a little different. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was up in the booth looking down. You know how the subs have to do the running after the game. I was waiting for you guys to have to run against each other, but you had to get on an aeroplane. Yeah, yeah. So I'll yeah. be keeping an eye out for that race in the future. Mm-hmm. What about pregame music? You get to be in two locker rooms. 
If you had to pick between Crown Legacy's tunes or Charlotte FC's music, who has the better pregame atmosphere with their music? Ah, that's, that's putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, they're both, they both tend to be different. I think um, with Charlotte, it's a little bit more consistent mm-hmm. in terms of um, Crown, Crown Legacy is more like whatever the vibe is, you know. But um, I like both. But if I'm going to have to pick to get me in the game, I think I think maybe maybe Charlotte maybe Charlotte maybe I think yeah I think so you're gonna have to take over the tunes on (laughs) Sunday because Crown Legacy is back at home at the Sportplex if anybody's listening and they're thinking they might want to spend their father's day watching Crown Legacy at home what would you tell to them to make sure that they come out and watch that match just come out to watch a a great game and and it's gonna be very fun um the boys are buzzing. We're happy to to be back home. And I promise you, it's, it's going to be a good one, 100%. Crown Legacy back at the Sportsplex this Sunday, 5 p.m. to face New York Red Bulls 2. Patrick, it's a pleasure speaking to you. And we hope you get plenty of goals on Sunday to celebrate your Father's Day and make your dad very proud. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to speak to you as well. You've been listening to Crown Corner. Make sure you download this episode. Plenty more coming as we look to preview New York Red Bulls away for the Charlotte FC first team as well.